Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. I'm your host, John, and this is a really special episode of the HR Social Hour. I'm going to be talking to Silas Jessup of GetCovered.com. Now you're probably wondering, John, what exactly is GetCovered.com? The folks there had approached me some time ago about partnering to produce this episode, and I'm really glad that I had this time to talk to Silas about the GetCovered.com platform, about the insurance realities that we're all in as employers or even those that are looking for insurance that have either lost their jobs, retired, or whatever their case may be. So I'm really excited to be able to bring this conversation to you. Now, Silas Jessup is a licensed insurance agent who has consulted with individuals and small business owners since 2001. He works to help clients protect their assets while also implementing strategies to mitigate rate increases and maximize tax advantages. He works with top insurance companies to help his clients find the right health, life supplemental, long-term care, disability, and medical insurance to meet their needs and budgets. Silas is also a territory leader with Health Markets Insurance Agency, which powers GetCovered.com. Health Markets is the number one ranked health insurance agency in America, according to customer views on Trustpilot, and has helped enroll people in millions of policies. In addition to consulting with his own clients, Silas recruits, contracts, trains, and mentors a team of over 90 insurance agents in Indiana and Michigan. Health Markets licensed insurance agents meet with clients by appointment, to review their situation, analyze their options, and provide informed guidance and counsel. Well, Silas, welcome to the HR Social Hour. Really appreciate you taking part in the show today. Since it is the HR Social Hour, and it's always our first question, I have to ask, what's in your glass this afternoon? Yeah, well, thanks for inviting me to join you today. Um, as far as what's in my glass, ironically, this this time of year, we're so busy, I'm usually double fisting. So... <laughs> Coffee and water, though. It's nothing more exciting than that. Coffee and water is usually what I'm double fisting with. That's most of what I drink throughout the day. Occasionally in the evening when I'm wrapped up with things in adult beverage, but, but coffee and water are usually sitting side by side on my desk during operating hours anyway. We have certainly seen an uptick during this whole COVID scene. Water has definitely become our prevalent beverage of choice, regardless of time of day. So I can certainly appreciate that. And you got to stay hydrated, but you need yeah, the caffeine boost as well. You've been in the industry for insurance industry in particular for almost 20 years now. You know, typically when I have guests and we talk about, you know, how'd you get your start in HR? How in the world did you get into the insurance business? You know, what led you there and what's kept you all this time? I feel very fortunate that I entered into the insurance business at a pretty young age. I was actually 24 years old. I had come out of college. I graduated from Butler University down in Indianapolis, Indiana, and worked as a sales manager for a technology consulting company for a couple of years. I honestly feel fortunate because very early in my career, I kind of uh, realized that as long as I uh, worked for someone else, I may not have some of the opportunities that I would have if I went out on my own. And so at 24, um, I knew that I wanted to help people. I saw a lot of confusion around insurance and benefits, and I really felt that becoming an expert in that arena could serve me well and give me the ability to help a lot of people. I've always really had an entrepreneurial drive and desire to build something that was mine and obviously have the ability to be compensated based on the work that I did. And so the insurance sector just kind of um, jumped out at me. I met with a gentleman in the summer of 2001, kind of laid out what it would be like to build a successful insurance practice and really sold me on, you know, kind of the dream of, of what could be. I wanted to schedule my own time around the business. Uh, I knew that uh, when I was 24 and came into this business, I didn't have kids yet, but I knew that when I had children, I wanted to be able to have the flexibility to coach and do those kinds of things. I also wanted to build a residual type of income. And in the insurance sector, the financial sector, you know, those types of opportunities exist. 
So that's kind of you know what pulled me into the business, I think, almost 20 years ago. As far as what's kept me in the business, one of the big things that's kept me in is having a vision for what I wanted to accomplish personally and what I wanted for my family. Understanding that in the chaos and the volatility of an industry like the insurance business, there's a lot of opportunity for those of us who have the good counsel and guidance to give. I also think that specifically in the insurance business, one of the things that has really entrenched me in this business is just seeing the significant impact that you can have on someone's life, oftentimes during the most devastating type kinds of situations. I've counseled clients through battles with cancer. I've helped clients who are devastated by major accidents. I've delivered life insurance checks to families who had lost a loved one. Insurance advisors, you know, we may not have the most glamorous career, but we do have the ability to really help folks prepare for and deal with the most, some of the most challenging situations that they may face. We take that responsibility very seriously. I teach to the agents that I work with and train and mentor that it's a very noble calling, and I think it's a very noble business for us to be in. Hopefully that gives you a little bit of perspective on some of those things. No, absolutely. And I feel like you and I have both seen a lot of challenges in the last 20 years when it comes to economic downturns, 9-11, what we're dealing with now with the COVID pandemic. Talk a little bit about how the health insurance landscape has changed during your time in the industry. And then specifically with 2020, what's it look like for your customer base and the challenges that maybe while you've been in it a while, what's maybe surprised you along the way? I would agree with you. There's been a lot of changes in the last 20 years, especially in the under 65 individual health insurance marketplace and in the the Medicare arena as well. Those are two areas where we've just seen massive changes in the last two decades. The Affordable Care Act, uh, which was passed into law back in 2010 and implemented in 2014, really fundamentally changed how consumers purchase insurance in that individual market. I think it created opportunities, but it also created challenges you know, that we've had to navigate through. I would say the employer-sponsored plans uh, have also changed a lot. They've increased in cost. And that's one of the things that we really work closely with HR teams to try to mitigate those rate increases and try to figure out how can we deal with these rate increases, whether it's passing it along to employees sometimes. We've worked with companies who have had to disband their coverage. And so helping those individual consumers navigate the decision tree around purchasing private coverage, you know, that's really our sweet spot and what we do. Kind of in conjunction with that, uh, this year and all that's happened, we launched our campaign called GetCovered.com. GetCovered.com is really a resource where consumers who maybe have lost their coverage or don't have access to group insurance can go to to access some of that. So that employer side has changed, as well as the over 65 Medicare arena. We've seen massive changes in that. The amount of people as this baby boomer generation kind of ages into age 65, we've just seen a huge surge in the number of folks who need guidance and counsel around that transition and what that looks like when you move from either group insurance or an individual policy into the Medicare arena at or around age 65. They say today, I think there's close to 11,000 people a day who are turning 65. And over the next six years, that's going to double. And so that's certainly a tidal wave that is happening. That's one of the things that we really focus on is helping guide people through that confusion and that volatility and just help, help them understand what their options are. Over the last 20 years, there's been a lot of change and a lot of transition. I kind of joke about it and say that's, you know, the only good thing about that is it preserves my place in the world because <laughs> sure. we need continued guidance and counsel around that. Right. When we look at 2020, you know, this has been an interesting year on a number of fronts. Obviously, there's a large amount of people that have been laid off or furloughed. We've seen millions of individuals who have been forced to navigate that individual health insurance and Medicare market on their own. Many of them you know, no longer have that HR professional 
to guide them. And so we really become that resource and that advisor. That is our sweet spot in what we do. The other thing that I would say that has been interesting this year, we've got a long history of helping people who lost group insurance benefits find what they need. This year in particular, though, we've seen a lot of these, quote, unemployed individuals that we're helping we're actually have, still have pretty decent incomes because of some of the, you know, the unemployment benefits that have been available this year. That's an interesting dynamic because many times we're going to the ACA, to the federal or the state marketplaces to help people chase government subsidies when they're buying their own insurance. And that's directly tied to income. And so we've seen a lot of people that even though they're not working, their incomes are still up there are ways where, you know, that certainly has an impact on the subsidies they might be eligible for. And then, you know, directly what they're paying for their insurance premiums. And so that's kind of a unique thing that we've seen in 2020 that was probably a little bit different from working with unemployed people in previous years. Let's talk a little bit more about that. As you mentioned, we've seen a lot of layoffs, furloughs. That term has really come to the front in the last six or seven months. As somebody that was laid off many years ago and fell in as affordable care was coming into place and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next, why do you think it's been a challenge for the people searching for insurance? Why has it been a challenge or trouble for them finding options? I'd say it's confusing. It's overwhelming. You know, I don't care if somebody's lower income, high income. Everyone is confused when they lose that group insurance off of an employer platform. You know, if you have access to group insurance through an employer, oftentimes you have at least one person, if not a team of people doing the due diligence and kind of laying out an option or two, and you're making a selection off of that. I find that many people who had group insurance for a large portion of their working career, they're oftentimes very ill-informed about what options are even available or even where to begin. They just don't know where to go to get that customized guidance that they need. The good news is, is that there are resources out there. And there's actually insurance advisors like myself and my team, that that is all that we do. We help these consumers who don't have access to group insurance platforms and help guide them through that. Our platform of getcovered.com is a great resource for folks you know, who are tearing down that path and trying to figure out where they need to start. That's really why we launched that particular program was to give consumers a place to go where they didn't have to engage. They could gather information, but if they chose to engage, they can dive really deep and get quotes. They can apply. Um, they can connect directly with a licensed insurance advisor in their area to help kind of guide them through this. And so that was really, you know, what drove us to launch that program is this exact problem that you're outlining here. You kind of led into my next question a bit with GetCovered.com being set up. It's not only for consumers and for the individuals looking, it's also for employers that may be looking at options based on the changes that have gone on around us. You talked a little bit about the creation of Get Covered for the consumer base, but maybe talk a little bit more for employers or when you're talking to people, the elevator pitch, as it were. You know, what is Get Covered all about and how does it really work for both the employer and the consumer? Our GetCovered.com platform was really built to be a resource for consumers who are responsible for their own benefits. So it's not always somebody who got laid off. You know, it might be somebody who retired early, somebody who's self-employed or maybe somebody that works for a small employer that doesn't offer benefits, and so they're responsible for their own benefits. So there's a pretty good segment of the general public that kind of fall into that. It's not just unemployed people or people who have lost their job. You know, through that getcovered.com platform, uh, consumers can get answers, they can get help, and they can actually get covered um, in as little as 24 hours. As I mentioned, you can also connect with a local insurance advisor through that platform. Our local advisors represent over 200 different insurance carriers, and they'll actually meet 
with consumers, however that consumer wants to be met with, whether it's virtual, telephonic, in a face-to-face type setting, to you know, better understand their situation and give them some guidance. We also have the tools and resources through that platform where somebody can go on and do the research themselves without ever having to talk to someone. We have a decision tree tool where you can answer some questions and it kind of begins to outline things you should be thinking about, potential solutions for your particular situation, and really gives you some good intel to make some good decisions. So that's kind of on the consumer side. You also mentioned, though, the employer side. And, you know, I've always felt that this platform can also be an outlet and a resource for the busy HR professionals who don't have time to become an expert on the individual insurance options available to their employees or their ex-employees or their retired employees. I consult with a lot of different HR groups and a lot of different people in HR settings. They get all kinds of questions about what if I retire? What if I'm laid off? Some of these small companies are getting rid of their group insurance and telling their employees, hey, you got to go figure this out on your own. It's really a portal to information direction, quoting tools, application tools. And then, like I said, potentially to the point of connecting you with a local advisor, someone who can kind of go through that particular market. One thing that's really interesting about insurance today is that what's available to you is very much based on where you live. Sometimes down to the county that you actually live in. You know, that's one thing that I think can be very, very confusing. It's state-based, it's county-based. Connecting with someone or at least having access to those resources to be able to understand that And those nuances is really important. Whether you're a consumer or you're an HR professional, I think there's certainly a lot of tools available through this platform that could certainly be beneficial. From that employer perspective, if the employer uses United Healthcare as their provider, this service with Get Covered is free. Is that correct? Yeah, getcovered.com is actually free for everyone. Your insurance company does not have to be United Healthcare. Okay. You know, anybody who's seeking guidance and counsel. I can go into the getcovered.com website and access online resources and tools and get connected with a local advisor. So it's it's really open to the general public and it's really designed as a tool to give people that guidance and counsel. Beyond the employer side then, from the individual piece, you know, you talked about and I actually went through myself and tried, I believe I clicked the get covered tag and then started plugging in some basic information to find out. I mean, maybe you can talk a little bit more about that process, if someone was to elect to do it themselves and not contact somebody, at least immediately. Talk a little bit about that. And then also, you mentioned affordable care, you've mentioned Medicaid and Medicare and how those components have shifted dramatically in the last bit of time. How do they fit into the equation as well when someone is going through that process on getcovered.com? One thing I would point out about getcovered.com is that there's actually a free download right on the front page. It's a great resource. It's called A Guide to Choosing Health Coverage it really can help a consumer understand their options. It lays out questions that should be considered. It outlines the types of coverage that might be available. And then it helps a consumer understand the costs that they should be considering as they're kind of working through this decision tree. The rest of the getcovered.com resource is really designed to help folks in three ways. It's designed to help them get answers, get help, and truly get covered. We actually have resources there where consumers can get covered and actually apply online and have coverage in place in as little as 24 hours if they really need it. In addition to the abundance of information that's available, you know, they can also access some decision tree tools to help guide them. You know, you mentioned some of the different types of programs that are available out there. Obviously, the Affordable Care Act is alive and well. There's a lot of consumers that access that particular platform to get their insurance. One of the beautiful things about the Affordable Care Act type programs is that they cover pre-existing conditions. And in many situations, there are government subsidies that consumers are eligible for to help them offset 
the high premiums. And so, you know, there's financial help and there's also help with pre-existing conditions through that. You also mentioned Medicare and Medicaid. Those are two other avenues that consumers may want to consider depending on their circumstances. You know, Medicare is typically a platform. It's a federal program that is really designed for people who are either over age 65 or people who are disabled and they've been on Social Security disability for a period of time. We've dealt with a lot of people during this COVID pandemic that, you know, they're over age 65 and they were continuing to work, but maybe they went home for a couple of months, you know, during the heat of COVID and realized, I don't know if I want to go back to work. For those folks, you know, if they're over 65, looking at Medicare could be an extremely viable option. You know, Medicaid is typically a state-based program. I hear Medicare and Medicaid used interchangeably a lot, and I think it's important to understand they are two distinctly different programs. Sure. You know, Medicare is based on age or disability, and it's a federal program. Medicaid is typically a state-based program, and it's really driven based on the income of the individual. Typically, people who are, are Medicaid eligible are going to be lower income, and that just might be the reality of someone's circumstances, you know, in a situation where they did get laid off or furloughed and, and maybe don't have the extended unemployment, you know, opportunity that other people might have. Those are all different landing places for a consumer, depending on what their individual circumstances might be. I'll tell you, that's one of the things that I've always enjoyed about the work that I do is each consumer that we serve, it's truly a puzzle and a uniquely different situation. Everybody's circumstances are different. Um, what they need, what they want, what they can afford, what their income is, what their past health history might be. All of those things figure into where they should probably land in that moment where they lose access to group insurance through an employer platform. And so that's what we're trying to do through the GetCovered.com platform is just give people access to that information, that data, and the ability to do it on their own or engage with a local agent. Which I commend you and get covered for that component because I think so many people we've seen organizations become more and more automated. We want to drive people to websites and not to say people don't want to utilize them, but to be able to talk to someone one-on-one is really important. Beyond the health insurance, which is obviously really crucial, is Get Covered strictly address that component? No, it doesn't. Through GetCovered.com, we're really trying to take a holistic look at a client's situation. We take our clients through a process of education and then asking a lot of questions to better understand their situation. Many times that fact-finding experience that we work our way through as we ask questions really helps the client self-identify needs that maybe they didn't even know that they have. One of the things I'm always very cognizant of is health insurance pays doctors and hospitals, but it doesn't pay you. Many times when we look at a consumer who deals with a major accident or a cancer diagnosis or something you know, from an adverse health perspective, they not only have medical bills to deal with, but they also may have lost income to deal with. We're able to do a deep dive into that client's situation and see if there might be appropriate supplemental insurance products or disability insurance products or life insurance products that may come in and fill some of those gaps and complement whatever underlying health insurance plan that we're recommending. I believe that everything that we do is anchored in a good health insurance product, but there are always gaps and holes that exist. A good advisor can really help consumers understand that risk and evaluate any additional products they might need to help them fill those gaps. Our platform and our advisors are, are well-versed in that and, and fully capable of helping the consumer pull different pieces from different places to really custom design a solution that's going to work for them. And that's really what we try to accomplish. Silas, while we're talking about Get Covered and touching on the platform and the opportunity that there is there for employers and for consumers, I always appreciate the fact that when I'm able to talk to people like you, 
with your wealth of experience, with everything you have going on, you probably have a crystal ball somewhere in your office. Talk about the next big thing. And I know Get Covered is the thing right now, but as you look at what's going on and survey the industry, what do you think is the next big thing when it comes to health insurance? What are you going to be facing? What do you think employers and even consumers are going to be facing in the next six, 12, 18 months? You know, one of the big things, and, and I think Get Covered is kind of the start of this, but really it's access to information. I think that's what we're really struggling with right now as an industry. Consumers just, they don't have the ability to connect with the data and the information that they need. We've worked with several insurance carriers and partners over the last several months trying to kind of decipher what is the next big thing. And I think a a lot of us have landed on the reality that consumers want more access to information. I want things like price and quality transparency. That's something that the Affordable Care Act didn't do a great job of addressing, in my opinion. I think when consumers go to shop for health care, they're not nearly as well prepared as they are when they shop for any other consumer product. If I go to buy a car, I'm walking into a dealership, man, I am armed with information and data. I know how many cars like that are in that geographic area. I know what the costs are. I'm a great consumer because I have information and I have data. And I think for so many years, the health insurance business and and the medical business in particular, those costs have been really hidden from the consumer. As we kind of look at what the next phase is, I think consumers are being forced into higher deductible plans, higher maximum out-of-pockets. They have more risk on their table, even if they have insurance. I really see consumers asking for more resources and more tools to be able to do that analysis. And no, you know, if I'm going in for this knee replacement, how much is this going to cost me? Or if I'm in a high deductible kind of plan and I need to go in for an MRI, where are the local providers? What are their costs? And what are their quality ratings so that I can be making good decisions? From my perspective, that's one of the things that I think a lot of the carriers are beginning to recognize and beginning to look at. There's a few tools that have become available, you know, where consumers can begin to shop for healthcare, like they shop for other consumer products. I know that several carriers are considering even mobile app type technology where that stuff can be readily available at your fingertips. I just think as an industry, we have to get and help consumers get to a place where they're making better buying decisions when it comes to healthcare based on information and data and not just based on this is what my doctor told me to do or where my doctor told me to go. Consumers have to do that as the cost increases and more of that out-of-pocket expense is loaded onto their plate, it seems like, each year. I can't say I'm shocked by any of that. (laughs) I certainly know in my experience and in my role, it's very interesting. And I would venture to guess that at the start of your career, people had what insurance they had, they paid their copay, and that was it. Yep. We didn't look at explanation of benefits. We didn't look at any of these things because it wasn't necessary. To your point, your doctor said, go do it. You did it. You paid your 20 bucks and that was it. Yeah, my high times have changed. (laughs) We counsel a lot of our existing clients in that when something happens, when you have an adverse diagnosis or there's a major medical situation that you're facing, nobody's going to be a better advocate for you than you. You know, you've got to become a student of what's going on and, and understand it. And I think consumers are more willing to do that today than they've ever been. So now it's just a matter of the industry really coming up to speed with that and providing that data and that information and aggregating it, making it available in a format that's easy to consume. And I think we're making great strides in that, but there's a long way to go yet. Silas, it's not an HR social hour without our question connection. These are questions that I ask regardless of who you are and what you do, because we do want to get to know you a little better as an individual. First off, my assumption is you did not dream of being in insurance as a child. What career did you dream of having when you were a kid? I've always loved sports. As a kid, I was a huge NFL fan. I mean, that's kind of, that was always just something that I absolutely loved. 
even in the high school and early college, I think I had that dream that I was going to land somewhere in a career that had somehow, somehow was tied to sports. It really never happened. I never even had an opportunity. (laughs) Coming out of college, I went in a sales type of role and then coming into the insurance business. I mean, you're exactly right. Nobody dreams of being an insurance agent (laughs) or an insurance advisor (laughs) as a young child. It didn't happen, but I still enjoy sports. I do a little coaching, my kids football and things like that. So I get my fix that way, I guess, not through my career necessarily. I think it's safe to say, at least people of my vintage, we didn't necessarily dream of going into HR either. I totally totally get it. Let's say a new HR professional, you're talking to them in your role and they ask you for one piece of advice. What would you tell them? So I think my best advice, and this is probably not just for HR professionals, the advice is to find and develop experts that you can lean on for guidance and counsel. I have a group of professionals, you know, and some of them aren't even paid. I mean, I'm not paying them to do this work, but I have people that I cross pollinate with and I network with, you know, attorneys, CPAs, other insurance advisors, you know, that I can pick up the phone and call and get an answer to. I also find that in my role, you know, I serve as a subject matter expert for many of these same people, including HR professionals. I'm in a number of HR networking groups and things. And I find that those folks, a lot of times, they'll just pick up the phone and call me because they've got a really unique one-off situation where they just need a quick answer. You know, I think that's really helped me to develop my personal insurance practice just by being able to answer those questions. I've always believed, though, that developing that network of experts is really important no matter what field you're in. How do you enjoy giving back to your community? So my wife, uh, my wife is Chris. Uh, her and I uh, support a couple of different organizations that are very dear to our hearts, in addition to our local church community. One is called the REMA Project, R-H-E-M-A, and it's an organization that battles female infanticide in India, a really neat organization. And then another organization called Design Outreach. This is something that my father actually got involved with. They actually build water pumps for third world countries and places that don't have access to water. Those are two things that we've gotten involved in and put some time, effort, money, and resources into over the years. You know, we feel really good about the ability to help these organizations and the good work that they're doing worldwide. What's your favorite movie? I'm not too much of a movie buff. Okay. I'm a little type A. The type A personality kind of keeps me from slowing down long enough to actually watch a movie all the way through. But I actually had a fun conversation last week with my 13-year-old daughter. I try to make a practice of taking, I have three children, they're 8, 11, and 13. I put them in my schedule. I take them each out to breakfast once a week. I really find that one-on-one time to be special. And one thing that uh, my 13-year-old daughter was talking about last week is they had actually just watched the Dead Poets Society. And it had been years since I'd watched that movie, but her and I just kind of talked through some of the things that happened and just the themes of that movie. And it took me back to my high school and college days. I'd forgotten how good it was until my daughter kind of started reminding me. It's one that I'd certainly need to go back and watch because I I really enjoyed that at a younger age. And I'd like to rewatch it again. Not real big on movies. How about music? Favorite musician or band? We have music going most of the time in my house. I mean, if we're in, you know, evening, if we're out on the boat, we hit the hot tub for the evening, whatever it might be, there's usually music playing. So I, I really love all kinds of music. But I'd say, you know, probably my sweet spot is classic rock. Neil Young, The Doors, Pink Floyd. I grew up listening to them. I really, really still enjoy those particular bands. How about a favorite TV show? I don't watch a whole lot of TV, but I will say that Shark Tank. It's been one of my longtime favorites. I love watching entrepreneurs pitch their product and find a way to build a business. I just really connected with you know that particular show. It's always fun to see the billionaires' feedback on things as well. And the other thing that I we found is that it's a family-friendly show. So it's like one of the few shows that we can actually watch with kids in the evening. 
it's not animated. I, I don't enjoy animated, uh, you know, <laughs> cartoons and things. And so it's kind of that happy middle ground. We can all settle on it. And there's a lot of evenings where we sit down to watch TV and Shark Tank or, or old episodes of Shark Tank is what we end up landing on. I know it is fair to say this is the first time anybody's mentioned Shark Tank on Social Hour, which is great. Yeah. You know, it's the first time we've heard that. You started to talk a little bit about some of the other things you do. No, you're not watching a lot of movies, but you're listening to classic rock. You're watching Shark Tank. What else do you like to do outside of work? Yeah, so I'm really an outdoors guy, and I love to spend time with my family. You know, my family is why I do what I do. I'm, I'm a big outdoors guy, so I fish. I'm a big duck hunter, so I can appreciate your beard, and I'm growing one myself for duck hunting season here. <laughs> it's my COVID beard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mine's always my duck hunting beard in the fall, you know. <laughs> we actually live on a lake. We're fortunate to live on a little lake in northern Indiana. And, you know, anything I can do outside, I mean, boat rides, bonfires, hitting the hot tub, you know, those are all ways that I like to relax. You know, if I can get outside, especially during the warm months, it's definitely enjoyable for me. Finally, Silas, it is Silas Jessup Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? That is such an interesting question. I've never had that question before. You know, and to me, in asking that question, you're really getting to the core of what's most important to me. And I would say on on Silas Jessup Day, you know, we celebrate family. Family is the core of my world. And like I said earlier, it's the reason that I do what I do. I enjoy what I do from a career perspective. But ultimately, I put in the hours, I put in the time, I do the work so that I can provide for my family. I'm very blessed to have a wonderful family around me. And, and for me, if I had had the ability to say, hey, the whole world is celebrating one thing in particular, I think it would be family. I love it. Now, I have to ask, though, because on your day, we have to eat. Oh, what would be eating? I'm a meat and potatoes kind of guy. Fair so enough. I'm thinking, I think we're talking to, uh, you know, thick ribeyes and uh, some sort of a, a, a starch that uh, to go along with it. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely meat and potatoes kind of guy. And my kids are falling into that, you know, that same trap. It's, it's really interesting. My 15 <laughs> year old daughter, I mean, a rack of ribs, she'll absolutely devour it. You know? so, uh, <laughs> Steak, ribs, baked potatoes, and family time on Silas yesterday. I love it. Silas, again, I so much appreciate your time to spend with me to talk about getcovered.com and, and the insurance business and what you do and, and your experience in it. If my listeners want to learn more about Get Covered or want to contact you directly, what's the best way for them to reach you out there? Yeah, so, you know, our national platform is www.getcovered.com. So anybody can go there, you know, no cost, no fees. I, I will say even if somebody connects with a local advisor in their area, there's, there's no fee for our services. We don't charge consulting fees. It doesn't cost somebody more business or more money because they did business with us. We are also agnostic. So we represent over 200 different insurance carriers. And so our goal is to connect the consumer with whatever is going to be, be right for them. So a good starting place is that getcovered.com because there's a lot of resources there. You can also access my personal website. It's www.privateinsurancecoverage.net. We also have a direct 800 number if someone wanted to directly connect with my office. It's 888-471-0611. So any of those methods would be appropriate to, uh, you know, connect with us or engage with the Get Covered platform. Well, we will have that in the show notes. And Silas, again, appreciate your time. Please stay safe out there and we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. You too. Thanks once again to Silas for taking part in the episode and for GetCovered.com for sponsoring the HR Social Hour. If you'd like to reach me, you can find me at JohnThurman.com. The show is always HRSocialHourPodcast.Podbean.com. 
I really do hope that you will check out GetCovered.com to learn more about what they are doing in the insurance industry for employers as well as for those that are looking at insurance options. So for the HR Social Hour Podcast, I'm John. Continue to be sure to connect, give back, and network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. Paid endorsement. Health Markets is the number one ranked health insurance agency in America on Trustpilot. Based on 1,263 customer reviews on Trustpilot, Health Markets is ranked number one out of seven in the health insurance agency category as of September 22, 2020. Learn more at www.trustpilot.com/review/healthmarkets.com.